So you want to know the ins and outs of managing your money. Well, lucky for you, you're just in time for another episode of Master Your Finances with certified financial planner professional, Kurt Baker. Kurt and his panel of experts are here for you and will cover topics from a legal and personal standpoint. They'll discuss tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money, and more. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Rider offers continuing studies programs for adults who need flexibility. Want to add new skills to your resume? Take a continuing studies course at Ryder University. Now, let's learn how we can better change our habits with Kurt Baker. Do you want to learn how to make a wise decision when undertaking a major renovation? Would you like to avoid future headaches by planning projects and saving money as a result? Vivian Hong and Joe Giamarise, <laughs> the founder and principal designer of Global Home, are here to help you understand the service behind interior design. They will make you feel smarter for entrusting professionals to guide you uh, to the peak, especially if it is a personal residential project. Very all right, wow, guys. Nice. Thanks for coming Thank on. You. All right. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. You added quite a lot of flair to our last name. Uh, That's right. Is that well, not a good thing? You, you don't want to be flair? You know, like you, okay. know, you, know, we, we you like guys are like flary people. You're from New York City. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. We like a little pizzazz. You like it's a little okay. pizzazz in yeah. New York City. I mean, you know, I they, they light up it. the Empire State Building. You got your favorite colors. I'll go do it for you tonight, yeah. man. In your honor. How's that? I love it. In your honor. Pick a color. I'll call them up right now, and it'll be tonight. Perfect. Is that good? All right. So <laughs> I can't decide on the color. Okay. Well, you guys work that out. We'll get yes. on. We'll get her done. Uh-huh. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. I mean, you guys have a very fascinating story. I met you guys a little bit ago, and it was I thought it was very fascinating. So if you don't mind going back a, little, a few steps, like how you guys got into this thing, if you don't mind, uh, and then well, how, you, how you ended up in the Princeton area. Oh. Do you want to take oh, us wow. back a little bit? Okay. Let's go way back. Well, Yeah, know, I think it's, it's, a, of, it's a cool story. It's a little romantic and a little adventurous, I think. Um, we were young professionals in the... Once. <laughs> That's romantic that you were young. I love yeah, we that. Were, yeah. <laughs> we were romantic in, in, um, back in the day when we were younger, and uh-huh. we had just come back from uh, a vacation together, and uh-huh. uh, we we're like, oh, let's, where do you want to go next? And we were out at dinner, and we we're like, okay, let's play a game. You write down a list of places you want to go, and I'll write a li- down a list, and let's oh. see if anything matches. This so, sounds like yeah. fun. So we each got our cocktail napkins, and we okay. were sitting there at the bar mm-hmm. writing down our list, and I had about 20 And I had about 20 places, well. and she had about wow. 20 places, and there was only about maybe five that overlapped. Mm-hmm. That's actually not bad. That's it's not bad, right? It's okay. not bad. A total of, what is that, 45? No. That'd be 40, 40 out of five. 35 places, right? 35, yeah, places. Uh-huh. And then um And then we said, Oh gosh, we'll never be able to go to all these places if we only have two weeks off a year. Right. And and I said, you know, I don't really like my job. Uh, and I said What you know, for writing out these names on a napkin? You didn't you, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I said, you know, I, I would love to be able to like ah. you know, see all these places, you know, for longer than just two two weeks for each place. And, um, and, you know, the only way we could do that is, of course, if we didn't have to work. Okay. Yeah. So that was the... This is, this is true work-life balance. We're, yes. Yeah. And we're really, we're 
you asked for the long story. Yeah, this right? is what so we're giving yeah, it to you. Let's go, go for it, man. <laughs> yeah, All right. So we're, we're in a bar. We're on a cocktail nap uh-huh. because we got we got 40 names and and. Five of them overlap. You're right. like, okay, we can't do all this. Yes. You mean the five or the f- or the total of the forty? Of the total of the, oh, the, the thirty-five. The thirty-five that were total. Mm-hmm. The thirty-five yes. total, right? So we plotted and we said, well, let's save for a year. Uh-huh. You hate your job. I hate my job. Let's let's save up money. And okay. Let's travel around the world. There. You, well, that's good. So that's a good did. plan. Okay. So we did. And we did it. And we sold all of our possessions, which there weren't that many. No. But, okay. Um, I mean, yeah, and not that many. So we raised some more money and we. We just. This is, this is a good as a planner. This is a good one year plan. So at the end of the one year, we didn't have. <laughs> no, no, a, we, didn't have. <laughs> we didn't plan. Well, we were it. actually gone for a year and a half, and okay. then we came back and we thought that we would, you know, in in order to replenish our our empty bank accounts, that we would do henna tattoos on the on the beach. You do tat. In Jersey, in uh, New what Jersey. What kind of tattoos? Henna tattoos. Henna tattoos? Henna. Like it's henna? like you henna. paint. Oh, henna. Yeah, henna. Yeah. Oh, my, my niece is Hannah, so I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I didn't know she did tattoos with you guys. I <laughs> no. wasn't aware of that. Henna, we I got it. Do, we, we, maybe okay. we could have done that. That well, would have made us just as much money. Right. <laughs> okay. But, um, but yeah, it, because when we were traveling, like on the beaches of Southeast Asia, there were people that did like little henna tattoos. Oh, they, so you saw other people doing this. So. But, uh, when I tell you, like you, we probably could have made like $5. That was probably Okay. And this was sustained you for how long no, no we didn't no, do we it didn't because do it. it was a dumb idea oh yeah. <laughs> but but uh, besides learning about that henna tattoos are done on the beach we also saw around the world where things were made like okay. we, we traveled around and we saw you know how baskets were woven in different villages in right. you know southeast asia or you know um where to get teak furniture i mean we essentially saw okay products around the world and it really sort of informed our you know how how the world worked in terms okay. of um but of most design. importantly um our passports were stolen when we were in bali but, and okay yeah that's so not we a were, good thing so we were stuck there for six weeks it could be worse it could have right? been worse places. Bali. that's yeah. true if you're gonna get stuck yeah, yeah. yeah. that's and true one of vivian's friends from college her her parents lived in Bali six months of the year. And, oh. her, and her father collected Balinese antiques. And he had two giant warehouses full of Balinese antiques. Two warehouses yes, full? Yes, mm-hmm. giant like airplane hangar size. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So he was, we stayed, he, they also had like a little hotel and we stayed at their place. And then he would bring us to the, the um, warehouses and show us around. And he's very proud of his collection. Can and imagine. he would also show us around like different, uh, handicraft places that would make baskets and all sorts of things that are ma- pr- produced in Bali. Okay. Um, so that was just kind of like the, you know, we learned, we kind of had like our intensive course in that. And then, you know, our trip was coming to an end and I got a job offer and we came back and I worked <laughs> at that job. Okay. And it was completely unrelated to, you know, it was um, at Vogue magazine. I was the marketing director. So it was a nice salary. We made a lot more than right. we would we so would have made doing the henna tattoos. A lot more. So oh, that they pay better at Vogue than on the beach? <laughs> yeah. Yes. On the beach. <laughs> Just a little bit. In, in New Jersey, <laughs> okay. where the, the season's only, what, two, two and a half months long. All right. So, yeah, um, right. Okay. All right. And then September 11th happened. Mm-hmm. Um, we said, okay, well, you know, if we want to live a fulfilled life, we kind of want to pursue our dreams, maybe we need to rethink 
what we want to do. And we decided that Joe was working on Vogue and he didn't like it. We There's a theme. Like, we didn't like right. working for other people, essentially. I'm seeing that. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely starting to see that pattern. So we, in the mean, so because of September 11th, we wanted a getaway place. So we bought a place up in the Catskills. Okay. And we were st- still working in the city. But then when I had the eureka moment that we were going to quit, import the Balinese antiques that we saw. And you just went straight to let's import this stuff. Yes. There's and a warehouse. There's, you know, a, yes. there's a you know the airplane appeal hangar teak, full of stuff. You? What's that? You know the appeal of teak. Yeah, you heard my story, yeah, right? I heard your story. <laughs> um, I heard my teak story. <laughs> so, yeah, and then we just um, rented a storefront up in where our, our country house was. Okay. Kind of moved out of the city, went to Bali, imported a container full of stuff, and just, like, sold it out of the... Storefront. Mind you, we knew nothing about importing. Retail. Nothing. Re- retail, nothing. nothing. I, I completely understand your story. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So, so and I then, get it. You know, and then we, having the store, we set it up in a certain way that okay. it was beautiful and we had to repeat customers and eventually people started. This is from your marketing background. You kind of had an eye, right? I it sounds like yeah. you guys kind of know. Yeah. Like, I was a creative director. Oh, there you go. So, that, so, that, yeah. so you have some talent here. This isn't totally without talent, obviously. Yes. I mean, you've <laughs> always had love for design and home furnishings. Right. And I just want to throw that piece in there yes. for you. Yes, thank you. Like... It, yeah, it wasn't out of the blue. Yeah. This was like a, this was a thing that's ever since we were together. Yeah. It was a thing that we were shared. We had a shared passion for. Right, right. right. So, um, and... Our customers started asking us if we could do the store in their house, right? If we can make their house look like the ah, store. Yes. And we said yes without hesitation. <laughs> yeah, sure. And then, sounds like money to me, right? Yeah. yeah. And okay. then it's that's how it started, and we were successful at it. And there was a big second home community up where we lived. Right. Um, and then so, you know, once we kind of like did places up there, then we, you know, they would have us to their apartments in the city, and we would do their homes in the city or in northern New Jersey or in Long Island. Mm-hmm. And the business just grew from there. And then right. we eventually opened up, you know. Multiple stores. Yeah, you know, we had multiple stores. We had a, a showroom in New York right. um, in the Flatiron District. Ah. We had a, like this thriving um, interior design business. And that's what like we, that's what continues today. That's, right. Mm-hmm. Did we wrap it up? Uh, did we, did we're we tie done. it? No. <laughs> did we tie it back? <laughs> Does it make sense? Even I mean, it doing? sounds like it a makes perfect <laughs> sense. So, all right. So you started off. You're, you're, you're importing these things from Bali. Uh, any other places or just Thailand? Thailand. Thailand? Yeah. So you expanded the, like the areas you bring into. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Um, we definitely want to get into more of this, but I don't know if we have a break coming up shortly, okay. but I want to make sure we have plenty of time for that. So maybe we'll take a quick break now. We'll make the next segment a little bit longer. Because I want to get into like how you started that process and the things that you've learned along the way about how sure. to do it. Because I remember you start off, you don't know anything, but then you kind of learn along the way. What are some of the things that you learned along the way? Um, we're going to take a quick break here. Listen to Master Your Finances. We'll be right back. This is Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Learn about tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money and more from Kurt and his experienced panel of guests. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Rider University offers flexible education for adult learners. For more information, it's rider.edu slash next step.
Welcome back. You're listening to Master Your Finances, and we have Vivian and Joe here, and we're going to talk a little bit about like how you started this off. And now I completely understand because you guys heard my teak story where I imported yes. some stuff. I won't get into that now, but those <laughs> you want to know, I'll tell you offline. But um, but yeah, so importing things. So you started the process mm-hmm. um, essentially because you wanted a, really a better quality of life. You wanted to work on your own. You, you found a demand. You opened up the store. It worked out well. But then... This is interesting because then people started asking you to do additional services. Right. And you were really doing both of these because it sounded like you opened up multiple locations. I don't remember how many you said, but it was quite a few, it sounds like. Yeah, we had three, we had three. in three. total in the end, yeah, yeah as so, well as our e-commerce site. Yeah, so yeah. walk us kind of through, okay, you, you just a little more detail. Like you come in, you, you're, you're selling the stuff, you get your container full, you're selling it. People start asking for the services. Right. Then what made you decide to expand the stores and kind of walk us through all that whole progression and what you learned while you started importing because you expanded that whole process. Right. Well, I mean, importing at first sounded really great because you're like, oh, great, we get to travel and yep. have all that fun time and, um, you know, see more places because that, that, feeling of freedom was something that we always wanted, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you open up the containers, you're like, whoa, now I have to like unpack that? And then I have <laughs> this to- This is actual it, work? It's actual like <laughs> physical labor. Yeah. And we would put it into the stores and it would happen like, you know, ha- uh, twice, a twice a year. And then right. we also wanted to expand the, the breadth of stuff that we were selling. So it wasn't just Southeast Asian, you know, um, antiques and, and handicraft. We wanted to mix it up with more modern contemporary pieces, which is sort of our aesthetic. So as a result, we, um, you know, did more domestic manufacturers. And, and through that, you know, I think we realized that the importing business was a bigger bear than we could really do well, mm-hmm. you know. With, um, the, with the scale that we had. Right. And um, and also we wanted to, it to feel really intimate and customized and curated. So, um, you know, if you import things, you need a lot of volume. Right. So you need to bring in lots of lots of different um, uh, multiples of things. Right. And we weren't at that scale yet. So um, so we, you know, paired it with more of the local manufacturers. And as a result, since then, since we opened up in 2004, we've have all these different relationships with a lot of domestic manufacturers, and we let them import the things. Yeah, there are people and, that do this. Yeah, and do it well, and have a better, you know, structure. And we are the ones that that are able to then cherry pick and curate and make make the vision that we want to. Okay. Yes, yeah, so let me just make sure I understand. I think I understood it, but I want to So, so before you're just doing direct import, mm-hmm. and so there's an economy of scale. It sounds like right. So right. you can't fill up and you know the big container or whatever. You know, with I get that. So it has to be an economy of scale. So explain to me a little bit more about the relationship locally. So you say local U.S. manufacturers. Now I don't think the United States is a place where we manufacture a lot of furniture. Now was am I wrong about that? There's, do we do? There, North okay. Carolina has a lot, okay. but they Good. also um, do a lot of manufacturing abroad. So okay. what they do are they're, they're American businesses. Right? So they're based in the U.S., mm-hmm. but they may actually manufacture overseas. Overseas, right? And then they bring it in. So what you're doing is really buying from them, and they're wor- they're worried about bringing in the hundred or two hundred containers, and they're going to exactly. sell you a couple pieces out of that. Right. Exactly. So they're they're much higher efficiency as far as what they're trying to do. Yes, and they right. can take all the liability. You know, okay. containers fall off ships. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I saw that video. That yes. a, it does happen occasionally. People don't realize that. It does it happen does occasionally. Happen. I, yeah, I'm aware of that. Yeah. So. Plus, the, plus, then there's like a whole world of product for us to choose from and make our look mm-hmm. from. Like we're not limited um, with just you know the places that we go. 
Um, right. That was fun. And then we also had children. Okay. Um, and so we couldn't like be gone for six weeks. Yeah, life definitely changes when you have children. They yes. definitely did. And um, so that, you know, it sort of all happened at the same time. Like we were learning more about the other people importing product. Right. We were having babies. <laughs> okay. And it sort of was like this thing where everything comes together and we're like, okay, well, we're, we're going to do that now. And we also kind of like supplement, you know, you asked about um, whether or not America's manufacturing stuff. Yeah, North Carolina is still a, a center for that. Right. But there's kind of like these little shops, these little... Um, craft artisanal shops that are doing stuff out of like Brooklyn, out of Austin, okay. Texas. That's good to hear. Out mm -hmm. of, yeah, a lot of like kind of little centers around the country. Yep. And it's cool to mix those in with right. what we're finding from mm -hmm. other manufacturers as well. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that. So so you're buying things, uh, some of it from manufacturers in the U.S. that might be bringing it in overseas. So it's mm -hmm. a blend. And then mm -hmm. you have some that are actually local manufacturers. So you have quite a variety of products, it sounds like. Yeah. Right. And now we got three stores, one in New York City, which obviously is kind of like the big the place, you know, if you want to sell something around the world, you need to go to New York City, right? Yeah. right. Flatiron District, all that stuff. So what you're doing now is a little bit different, right? Because people started asking you for the services. So kind of explain to us, like, you, you really had two businesses going on, right? One is you're bringing in stuff and you have a storefront, you're selling mm -hmm. things, I'm assuming. Yep. Mm -hmm. And the other is people are asking you to, to do their house, make their house look like your showroom yeah. right. kind of thing. Yeah. Right. So kind of tell us the difference between the two and, and how that process went well i mean the services and it i think it's really interesting because you really have to understand the client and really understand their vision of how they want to mm -hmm. live and um, joe and i always say like we should have became therapists as well because right. you know it's really understanding the words that they're saying to us like how we want to live and this is what we want and then interpreting it into a 3d space that is functional solves problems and is also beautiful and as well as provide the service that it comes in on time and in budget. So right. <laughs> it's a lot of things that we juggle. And it's not dissimilar to having a retail store. It's just that the retail store, we're the, we're the clients, right? right? Everything we're, in there was from what we envisioned as right. like our envi okay. environment, if you will. So you were like the middleman. Kind of. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a way, right? Yeah. yeah. And you're like, wait a minute, that's your, that's your view, but. Okay, that's interesting. Exactly. Yeah, so I feel like it helped to guide mm -hmm. um, clients as to what we were capable of. Mm -hmm. Right. But, um, you know, now without the physical retail spaces, mm -hmm. um, we're still able to do that. But, you know, we also are able to really um, get into our clients' uh, brains, brains and understand what they need and what they're looking for and make so you, the space theirs. Mm -hmm. So you basically decided one day, we don't want to deal with these three stores. Yes. The the, the business, I'm assuming the consulting business probably was exceeding the revenue, yes. net revenue, let's talk about, right? Of the, net revenue, for yes. sure. Of, yeah. the, of, the, of this business. So you started like watching what you were doing, what you actually seemed to be enjoying. Mm -hmm. yes. You're like, well, wait a minute, we're spending time here, and yeah, it makes us money, but really, we'd rather be doing this over here, which is the consultation part. And actually we're making more money at it. It sounds mm -hmm. like, yes. Well, I mean, so sometimes business owners have to really pay attention to what's going on in their business. And I just want to make sure I point that out. Yes. That sometimes you get kind of bogged down. Like this is how we've always done things. This is what wakes, yes. this is making us money, but are we enjoying it? And is there maybe another way to do it that we like that actually makes us more revenue yes. overall? And I, I, I sense that was the transition you went through. Exactly. That's exactly. And it happened 
prior to the pandemic, right? right. So, oh, so you weren't a, you weren't a COVID like business? No, no we weren't. We <laughs> didn't have like a door that out of, we out of open. necessity. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, I think we learned the lesson the hard way when we had the New York City store because we thought, mm. okay, this is this is we're going to be big. You know, we're going to have a right. New York City store, and you know, it's going to be fantastic, and our brand is going to be everywhere. I mean, you know, the thing is, is that you have smartphones and right. you have the internet. And, you know, there was a time, and to, to quote Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City, you know, shopping was cardio. Everyone used to just go shopping and right. do that and go into different stores. People are not doing that anymore. They're just like on their phone, shopping online and having a retail space. That whole space was filled with money that could be converted. Right. right. We had to outlay the money. Right. So uh, it just wasn't making financial sense. And because we, you know, we were selling products that other people were bringing into the country, right? They were also available elsewhere. Right. AKA the internet. So, right? so, so I went to Bali myself. I could probably find that same yes. warehouse, the, yeah. the hangar. You could. So that was more, yeah. you know, that was more um, unique, right? Right. But like, as we started bringing in more manufacturers, they were also sometimes available online. So people would use our retail spaces uh, as showrooms they call it showrooming no. i remember ba yes, best so buy was like got worried about they had to change their whole business model right they would do match pr price matching right on yes. site because they found that people were just looking at the tv and then they yes. would go online yes. and buy it there and they're like yes. wait a minute they're buying it in the store on their phone yeah we better like stop that so right. we you know we invested all the money to bring the yeah, product in yeah. to showcase it in the way that we believe it should be showcased but it didn't matter because people were like right. oh it's four dollars cheaper on amazon like or on another website, right, and right, right. So that was the ultimate, mm -hmm. you know, okay. reason. Yeah. Um, but they still need to know how to put it in action, which is where you are. So right? that's where we are. You need yeah. yes. how to put the puzzle together so it looks nice. Yes. Yes. So you can yeah. buy all the pieces. Yes. But you want it to do what you want it to do, and you want it to look the way you want it to look. Yeah. And this is where you guys get involved, right? That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the years of experience of knowing where to find things, um, mm -hmm. as well as how to how to interpret the words that people are saying to us. I like modern, I like transitional, I like color. What does that mean okay. into a, a true space? And then also um, making sure that it's executed in the way that we design it. You know, I mean, you can put together a lot of pretty pictures and on Pinterest and say, I wanna do this, but to actually have the time and the, and the experience to do it, you know, this is what we do. We right. Have, we have a process for that, which yeah. we maybe can get yeah, into. Yeah, I definitely yeah. want to talk about that because I understand the psychology of it. And I, and I know because I've gone to some of these places where I've always been kind of amazed and I'm not a designer. But I mean, you go in, you can you can tell when it's been kind of professionally done by somebody who actually knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then when somebody just kind of like put stuff together. Mm -hmm. Right. So right. And, and I want to maybe we can walk through a little bit of that so people understand like what actually goes into making all these things that don't seem to make sense together, but somehow they do when you're all done. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, so I think that's pretty cool. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Master Your Finances. We will be right back. This is Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, certified financial planner professional. Learn about tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money and more from Kurt and his experienced panel of guests. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Rider University offers flexible education for adult learners. For more information, it's rider.edu slash next step.
Welcome back. You're listening to Master Your Finances. We're here with uh, Vivian Joe, and we're talking about design. So you, you basically went through a business model change from something that worked but wasn't quite as profitable as something that worked better and was mm-hmm. actually more enjoyable. Yes. So now you went to your passion, which we talk about all the time, is like do what you love and you're going to do probably a better job at it because you're yes. going to want to do it. You're going to get in the morning, ah, this is exciting, this is great. So just to start off, maybe tell us a little bit about when you go to a space that's been like professionally done by somebody that actually knows how to design something, how come it seems like it all seems to work, but I don't really understand why necessarily because I'm not a designer. Because <laughs> I'm like, how come that table goes with that chair goes with that lamp goes with this? I mean, you know, the photos and the lighting, and it all seems to work somehow. Right. But I know somebody had to figure all that out. So I'm just curious, like, why do I notice this when I walk in? Why well, do you think I notice it? Well, I mean, good design is harmonious, right? Okay. And you actually, you probably notice bad design quicker than you do. Yeah. Good maybe design. that's what. Maybe that's the thing. I'm noticing bad right. design. <laughs> right. I mean, I think that you, what you're saying is, you know, why do these all fit together? Why do these pieces of the puzzle work? Is a designer actually put some serious thought into all those pieces, and why do they all work together? And if you take one piece out, it just messes up the whole, you know, okay. harmony of it. And um, and I think that that's the the magic of design i mean design being an interior designer and um you know it is it is like 20 percent of it is the design and 80 percent is the the thought process and the execution to make it happen right. um and i think that that's why a lot of people don't understand what what we do because they right. watch tv and they think oh this is like just gonna happen and it's right. so quick and you know this is this is how it's supposed to look. And um, in actuality, you know, I think that it can be much more customized and really like fine design. There's a lot of thought that goes into each piece. Okay. I also think there's, you know, as with any occupation, there's a certain balance of like art versus science. Mm-hmm. And certainly interior design is an art, but there's certain science to it. You know, there's like how large should the lighting fixture be? And what's what's the relationship of the carpet to the you know, to the, to the size of the room and like what, how much of what color, one color do you put into a room? There's certain rules, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. the art is like knowing when to break the rules and how to kind of like make these little tweaks that make it uh, harmonious. Like Mm -hmm. Vivian was saying, this comes comes with experience. It sounds like the more, it sounds like the more you do this, Mm -hmm. the more you kind of see, so I'm assuming most of them, you guys are probably pretty successful. So every once in a while, you go, like, you go and you say, "Well, maybe we should tweak this a little bit now that we've got now that we see how this lays out." Or how do you kind of walk through that process when we're going? When I, I mean, I have a room, I'm doing something, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, you always hit it 100 percent every time. Like, damn, we nailed this sucker every I mean, time. We, we have pretty much. We kind of like do a lot of setup. Okay. Um, okay. So that we're, so that we're more. Um, ensuring a successful outcome okay so for instance from the beginning you know we sit down with our clients it's like our first consultation and we do this okay something that we call the design dna mm-hmm. okay it's actually we have that trademarked we have that trademark yes now. and um, <laughs> it is tra- <laughs> but it's very like it's very old school right in the sense that um you know we have about a thousand tear sheets from magazines from interior design magazines okay right? have all different interior design styles and we sit down with our clients and they just we put the stack in front of them and they viscerally kind of go through and say i like this i don't know why it's never like you know i like that sofa or i like that okay it's like, 
how does it make you feel? And mm -hmm. if it's a good feeling, like they put, it's like swipe right, right swipe oh, there right. You yeah. Thing. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and so say we wind up with like 50 pulls out of the thousand. Right. And it's interesting because every client is always, you know, it's always surprised. It's very different. And they're yeah. surprised by like their collection of stuff. But we'd like take it back after that, after that consultation, we take it back to our lab and like kind of look at it and look for the things that are similar between the polls, little like surprises, you know, color stories, et cetera. And we give them back a report. Right. And that's oh, kind of like the first step of our like, hey, this is who you are. Yes. Um, and this is how, you know, we want to approach your project. Right. And because it's, of that. And it's really helpful with married couples as well. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, when you can have the polls where they both like and they're both different, you can visually show them you know, what they're interested in. And then through our analysis, they can really understand where we think the, the design of their home should be. So there's never any fighting, you know? I mean, like- uh, that's, Okay, yeah, you're just jumped in by, how do you, yeah, how do you do that? Because I know people have very different tastes, mm -hmm. um, especially, you know, men and women, you know, the married couple. I mean, if you go to their apartments prior to marriage, they're gonna be totally different locations, yes. totally yes. different places. And they get married, like, how are we going to put this together? I hate your stuff. I hate your stuff. Yeah. I'm going to throw it all away. I'm going to, we're just going to live on the carpet. That's it. Right. <laughs> so, well, that's why so, we do this d design DNA, because the one, the common poles that they both like, okay. they can both see where their home will end up being. So that becomes the template for them, right? So, you know, if there's any fighting, we'd be like, remember, you said you like this, and this is the analysis. <laughs> and so we have a plan. There set you in go. Place. Yeah, otherwise, you know, there's nothing worse than like, you know, you're midway designing and you're like, oh, people nitpicking because there's there's a process, you know, why okay. we're doing the first the envelope and then putting in the details because we're basing it off of the design DNA that we came up with from the first consultation. And sometimes, you know, there's a, in a couple, for instance, there's some things that one person can't part with. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, oh, so you're bringing in existing items as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. oh, absolutely. Like okay. we, we always try to use as much of the existing stuff. I mean, sometimes you just can't. And right. The design DNA like kind of helps us say like, guys, this, there's no way this piece can like go into your house and still have it be a beautiful right. home. Right. Okay. Um, but you know, if like, if someone's like, I need that piece, then that's why there's like men's dens and that's why there's like ladies oh. offices you know right. it's like sometimes they're they have to hold on to the pieces that they really love that the other person can't stand that's why you build a shed out back is that yeah. it? <laughs> well, that too that's, that's, it happen. that's like last resort yeah. yeah yeah you can have it but you're gonna have, to have your own spot in the backyard <laughs> yeah. in the corner right and then from the design dna just to expand on the consultation then we're able to put together a proposal okay. so that we're really able to see what's their their taste luxury level you know, so that we're able. Well, we have to, a luxury level. Yes, like kind where of, where yeah. they are, like okay. in terms of what do they want to spend their money on? You know, so, sometimes people have like caviar taste, but they have a you know, IKEA you know, budget. Bu a IKEA budget, right? So you have to <laughs> okay. really be able to talk to them about right. monies up front. Okay. It, budgets have to be set up front before we start anything because it's not fair for us to start putting together a beautiful design and it's like, oh, we have not that much money to spend. Right. If Before we even sign a contract, we already know where the budgets lie and how, how the money is gonna fall. Right, okay. like if we discover through that des design DNA that like they love everything gold leaf, 
then they cannot have everything gold leaf if you mean they don't sell it at ikea (laughs) yeah (laughs) if their budget is not gold leaf budget right so it's really helpful i'll put it together myself (laughs) exactly i have an allen wrench (laughs) um hey there's nothing wrong with ikea but no it is it's great no i'm not kidding no it is good stuff i agree um, i agree you know all ikea maybe but you know we, we definitely occasionally we'll source something from Ikea. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, we can do high and low, but at least everyone's on the same page in terms of right. what the budget level is, what we're spending our money on, where would be splurge pieces, where would not be. So it's really transparent. Not only is like we have already in the consultation an idea of like what the design will start mm-hmm. being, but we already know transparency-wise like where the money's going. So. So typically, where did somebody come? So I'm envisioning like I've got this furniture in my house. Would you come into an existing house, or am I moving? I mean, when somebody, when does somebody usually engage you? Like, okay, because it sounds like you're you're dealing with a number of pieces that exist, and you're coming in and doing a redesign. Are they selling the house, or are you trying to stage the house? So that's a little different. Probably no, that's not. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not because that's like bring my stuff in and make it look good and make it look empty so I can get rid of it, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so kind of walk me through like. You know, I have a, obviously I have a house, and you go, okay, what are you going to do next, right? So you come in, you say, man, what a freaking disaster this is. So we got to get rid of all this stuff, right? So I mean, what do you, I mean, God, so I, I just try to understand, like, you come in and, and literally just, what, what are your most common scenarios, I guess is what I'm asking you. Like, oh, when, when do people approach okay. you? Uh, you know, what are some of the, um, you know, I mean, we have like money in motion, like in my business, like, well, so usually something's occurring, right? You had a baby, you had a marriage. Right. I mean, some reason, something, that's what people usually think about, you know, wealth management and advising and things like that. When do people usually think about, oh, maybe I need to do something concerning what you do? I'm just curious what kind of triggers usually happen for people. I feel like there's two scenarios, right? Either they're moving from an existing home to a new build and it's completely empty and they want okay. to just like start anew, or they've been the home for 10, years, eight eight to 10 years or something, and they okay. just never had the time to make the house. The, the kid way. just moved out. The kid just moved out. <laughs> something like something that. Something We're like gonna that. redo their bedroom, they're gone. Right. Get rid of the furniture. Yeah, We're yeah. To- <laughs> or there's like some big life change or something, you okay. know. Um, they're like a new, a new divorcee, you know, wants okay. to redo their, their new place. You know, so that's usually when people come in. And, um, and you know, I think we're able to adjust you know, the consultation works for any of those scenarios. Okay. You know, um, the ones where the people have lived there for a while, they usually have much more specific ideas of what they want because they've lived in the space and they know, oh, the living room, this is where we want to do X, Y, and Z. And I would love, you know, if the kitchen was open a little bit more and all those things, they have clearer ideas. Right. Um, and right. then we come in and say, okay, that sounds good, but maybe not, it might not work in this space, or maybe we come up with alternative ideas. Um, but usually when someone's moving into a new space, it's just a blank, sp- you know, blank slate. We could do right. whatever we want. Often it's a renovation as well. So okay. if you've been living in you know, the same house for 20 years and you're like, I hate the kitchen, I hate the bathroom, time for an, an addition, like we're often called in right. at that point for space planning and, and consultation as far as like what to do with the new space. Project management yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we definitely get into more of that. I mean, we're going to take another quick break. Uh, you're listening to Master Your Finances. We will be right back. 
This is Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Learn about tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money and more from Kurt and his experienced panel of guests. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Rider University offers flexible education for adult learners. For more information, it's rider.edu slash next step. Welcome back. You're listening to Master Your Finances. I'm here with Vivian and Joe, and we're talking about design DNA, right? Their, their proprietary process to really kind of walk through like what's existing, whether there is anything existing, and then mm-hmm. learning like about you individually, mm-hmm. right? Like what, how does, how does all this make you feel? Cause obviously once you're done, you want it to make you feel good. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's interesting to me. So a lot of it starts there and then that, that art and that science goes together, which I can completely identify with. So that's mm-hmm. cool. Um, so we have different points where people typically come, right? They, they bought a new house. Maybe they're adding a room or redoing the kitchen. They're redoing the house in some way. Maybe the kids moved out and they want to repurpose part of the house, something right. like that. Uh, divorce situation you mentioned, they're moving into a new place, things like that. So now that we've kind of got this project going, so I'm like, okay, I need to do something. So you you talked about first set up a budget, which I agree 100%. Anytime yes. you do something like that, okay, here's what we're going to do. Set up my budget. Then what happens from there after they kind of get through this process and set the budget up and move ahead? Well, you know, once the contract is signed, that's when the fun part starts. Ah. Yeah, so we kind of do uh, several, uh, you know, a few rounds of design uh, meetings. So we need about, you know, three to four weeks to kind of put together the initial vision based on the design DNA. And that means we come in with samples and, uh, you know, mood boards and materials. And materials. Would you call it a mood board? A mood, mood board. board. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. All right. I don't know what that is. Sounds like I knew they had mood rings. Yeah. It's Different. almost like a mood ring. Except really? Uh, de- definitely not. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> I don't want my mood board to be black. All right. Yeah. That's usually bad. Okay. Unless that's what you want. But, okay. Um, so it's, Typically, a few trays of materials um, where we're showing you kind of like the textures of fabrics and colors of fabrics that we're, we intend to put into your place. Okay. Um, the tile, the f- you know any other flooring, drapery fabrics, um, you know paint colors, right. wallpapers, mm-hmm. um, wood tones, like anything that we're kind of adding to the space. We have a couple of different options for like, hey guys, this is like the natural um, earthy vibe. And then right. this is the more glamorous vibe. Mm-hmm. And typically what people do is say, I like that part of this and I like that part oh. of this. Mm-hmm. And then we wind up with like kind of a, an amalgam mm-hmm. and their design direction from there. Right. Oh, okay. Then yeah. the next step would be the design to actually like take that information and then pick the actual pieces, do the furniture layouts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, w- what, what is the cabinet style? What is the, the, um, you know, the appliances that are going into the, into the kitchen? What is the rug? Yes. So yeah. like, then it gets more and more specific until we have an actual plan. Right. And then, then we get into like kind of the execution. The part execution. Yeah. So then once everything's approved, and signed off on, that's when we start purchasing. 
And, uh, you know, it's the process is we buy everything. We have everything shipped to our warehouse and it's stored and quality controlled to make sure everything arrives on in, in perfect condition. Um, if there's a renovation, we are already in talks with contractors and have them bid out the design so that they um, will kind of know how much that bit will cost. And um, and then we set a timeline. You know, right. if it's a renovation, then we, you know, when is the contract to have to come in? When are the materials due at, on site? All those things. So it becomes much more complicated. And that's where, you know, a good project manager and our team, you know, helps the client kind of like go through that kind of can be headache inducing process. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of detail work and a lot of things that need to be answered that most clients, when they want to do a renovation on their own, don't even know how to ask the right, right questions. So that's why the services of our expertise and our project management not only, you know, relieves them of all that headache, but also will probably save them money in the long term because if they don't have thing, these things answered prior to things being put in, there's always a change order for the contractor to come in and like put it in after the fact. That's expensive. Which is expensive, yes. <laughs> sure, I'll move that window for you. Yes. Here's your bill. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. So these are all things like, you know, explaining to the client, trying to be as transparent and as open about the process with them as possible. It, it allows them to trust us, you know? I mean, they're, it's never an inexpensive process. So we are very cognizant of that. It's like we're spending someone else's money. So right. we wanna make sure we're making smart decisions. And that's why we don't buy anything unless they approve it. You know, they know everything that's going on along the way. We check in with them, give them project updates. So it's it's pretty clear, you know, okay. what's going on. So yeah. since I just want the relationship between, because you mentioned like appliances and, and uh, kitchens and renovations. And so where does the, where, because your project management, I mean, you have a contractor, subcontractor. So how does that whole relationship dynamic work? Because you got your part of it, their part of it, mm -hmm. obviously the final picture that the owner is looking for. Yes. How do all these kind of pieces like fit together when we, somebody's in, in the middle of these projects? We like to say that we act as an advocate for the client. Okay. So, um, you know, we're, we're interacting with the contractors and the subs mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, they're putting their best product forward um, so that our clients, you know, get the, the outcome that they want. Right. So, you know, when we work with contractors, you know, I and Joe already have a design plan put together. Okay. So essentially we're working together with the contractors to say, okay, this is the vision. Right. You know how to actually install and execute. Right. This is how I would like it done. And then you work together and it's a constant communication. You know, I'm not a contractor. I don't know how to lay tile, nor am I an electrician and right. I don't want and I'm sure they don't want me to tell them what to do, yeah. you know, but I know how I want it to look and I know how I want it to operate. So it's just being very, you know, open and, and communicate and um, what the end vision is. Sounds a little bit like how an architect would work, right? Yes. So yeah, they design absolutely. the house, but you're going to go build it, but he's going to still check in. It's like, all right, yes. this is this is like, is this looking the way I intended it to mm -hmm. be looking when I'm done? Right. <laughs> yeah, because there's several details that, right. you know, contractors ask or sometimes don't ask, right? right. So. Like for instance, on a countertop, like what's is it an eased edge? Is it like a rounded edge? Mm -hmm. And these are things that like, you know, if a 
if a contractor would even think to ask the client, they may not know the answer, right? Right, so right, right. We either can just provide the answer or at least like translate that what that speak is to the client and, be mm -hmm. like, and tell them what the different things are so that they can then have an informed decision okay. on, what, um, what, okay. on how they want it. Yeah. So, so yeah, so, you know, say it's a new build and there's an architect, a contractor and us, you know, right. that's ideal because, you know, the architect is basically building the, the structure and the spatial, um, spatial arrangement. And then we would come in and with the finishes, right? And so, you know, the architect doesn't want to tell the contractor what the paint colors are. They no. don't care. No. But, and the contractor is not going to choose. If they choose, everything will be white, contractor white. Right? But the, <laughs> but the person who's actually paying for the three parties right. is, cares. And yeah. that's what we do. We are, we're in communication and saying, okay, we know that the client wants these little touches in there. So we are the ones that kind of, um, we set those, uh, we, we select those finishes. So, so tell me some stories about somebody that came in, like, like I have this project to do, it probably feels overwhelming coming up, and then like when they got, like how did that go through, like what were their emotions during this whole process? Like I came in, I hired you guys, right. I, I'm envisioning, like you said, therapy, right? You come in like, oh, I don't really want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> but then you're like, when it's done. Yes. Uh, so can you kind of walk through like maybe some, some examples of like how people, like what, what occurred like along the way and, they, and how they felt after it was all over? Well, you can look at, at our website. And I can? Look at the... Um, On the radio? No, this you This is can't. amazing. You guys are really talented. <laughs> I have to tell you. And look at the client testimonials. And you can oh, okay. look at all our Google reviews. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. okay, fair enough. <laughs> our <laughs> flawless five-star Google reviews. Oh, you're flawless. Okay, I, I didn't think, know you're flawless. I think we're all five-star at this point. Okay. Um, That's awesome. I, I think, you know, the best testimony of our work is people come back and hire us right, again. Right, right, right. And then also refer us to all their friends and family. So that makes us feel great that we've nailed the the yeah. project or were able to understand what that so what typical wanted. what typical concerns they have maybe i'll just be more point like what concerns would people typically have when they start this process like because i mean to me budget oh okay budget, <laughs> I don't, budget i'm just asking well, i'm always about yeah trust i feel like a lot okay. of people don't you know despite you know we have our our portfolio with like examples of our you know endless examples of our work mm -hmm. um testimonials etc you know, it's a lot of money. Right. We're, we're expensive. Right. Um, we're 100% worth it, but we're expensive. Right. And, you know, I feel like people have issues with, like, are they going to be able to pull off what I want? Right, mm -hmm. right, um, right, right, right. And I think the answer is, like, yes, yes. always. Like, there, there's a there's a process. Some people are more trusting than others from the get. Right, okay. Um, but I, I think... You know, it's like a once we're interacting and once they kind of like get the feeling that we're on their side. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like sometimes people have the impression that designers are like, you know, people that they see on TV that come in and say like, okay, that sofa needs to be red and you need to throw all that out. And it's like, I think we get a bad rap mm -hmm. um, or rep. Is it rep or rap? Mm -hmm. But um, in the end, I, I, we're not that. Yeah. We're not those people, you know. Right. I think designers are not those people. We're right. client advocates. Right, exactly. Okay. And also, you know, we when we meet with them initially, we we're like, look, this is going to if we if you hire us, we're going to be like in your business. So right. we have to like each other and this is we're all going towards the same place. We want to make sure your place 
when you you know are in your home, you feel happy, right? And you feel like this is where I've always wanted to live. This mm-hmm. is the same goal. So okay, um, so I think that that's. Um, the trust thing is is important, but I think we're, we're always in contact. We're always talking. We're always right. if they have any questions, you know, they can always ask us. And I think, you know, we've d- found that through our many clients, you know, it the process has worked. Okay. And, um, so what's your, what's your website real quick, and then give me some like final recommendations. There, go ahead. What is it? www.globalhomeny. <laughs> As in New York. Okay. Dot com. Even though we're located in Princeton, New Jersey. I, I was going yes. to point that out, but I guess. We started in you, New York. I know, so the Flatiron District. I heard about that part. Yeah. Yes. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Any final thoughts before we got sign off? You guys did a great job. Anything else? Thank you. you know, good design is worth the money. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Awesome, man. All right. Well, you guys have been awesome. Uh, you're listening to Master Your Finances. Uh, have a wonderful day. That was this week's episode of Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Tune in every Sunday at 9 a.m. to expand your knowledge in building and managing your wealth. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Master Your Finances to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Rider offers continuing studies programs for adults who need flexibility. Want to add new skills to your resume? Take a continuing studies course at Rider University.